G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are recapping a very busy week four, giving out awards, who are the must-add players, and covering the big news topics. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to shot! Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Everything's basketball! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Ball Boy, on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Um, sorry for this podcast being out a little later than normal. Had a very busy uh, schedule over the weekend and yesterday, Monday here in Brisbane, but uh, getting up first thing uh, today and recording this one for you guys. So hopefully it is out uh, very soon. Um, we're going to be going through, like we said again at the start, we, uh, recapping week four, going through all the must-add players, talking and highlighting a few players for some awards, uh, talking about some breaking news as well. And then later this week on the agenda, we're going to be discussing, uh, reflecting on the busts and sleepers in the preseason, what we've hit, what we've missed, um, what do I think is going to change so far, what do I think is you know, uh, where I'll put my hand up and say that I think I was maybe off a little bit on this one. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about a lot of holds and folds decisions that we're a month into the season so far. So uh, some tough decisions are going to have to start being made depending on where you guys are sitting in your standings for each of your leagues. So we'll try and break that down as best as we can. Um, and then also, if you go and check out, if you are a subscriber to ballboysmba.com, uh, you can check out the... Q&A, which has been uploaded to that one for all of the subscribers there. If you've had your questions um, uh, uploaded, they have been answered, so go and check that one out now. It should be up. Um, But let's get stuck into the recap. We're going to be starting with some fantasy basketball awards, and the first award uh, for the Sweet, Sweet Fantasy Basketball Award... Goes to a uh, a late surge winner with an absolute monster of a line. Joel Embiid uh, comes home strong as ever to uh, to sweep and grab this award from the clutches of Steph Curry, who also had a uh, a pretty monster week. But uh, to finish off the weekend. On the Sunday, Joel Embiid played 37 minutes, put up 59 points, a 3, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, and 7 blocks. Um, Just absolutely, and he did it on 68% shooting and 83% from the line uh, on huge volume as well. So, just an absolute... Enormous, enormous, enormous lines. It's probably one of the best lines I can remember seeing for a long time. Um, and if you had him in your lineups, which I did in one of my leagues, um, I think I already had that league, league wrapped up, but it was sort of just cherry on the top. If it managed to get you over the line in one or several categories, blocks, points, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, um, assists even from your center, uh, you'd be, you'd be absolutely stoked with that kind of a line. Um, but in, in, in saying, 
saying that, he had some other great performances this week. Four games on the week. He was the number one ranked player. Um, very, very competitive week this week. We had a lot of big performances, but Joel Embiid stood up head and shoulders above everyone else. On the week, over four games, he's averaged 40 points. He's averaged uh, 11 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 2.8 blocks, nearly a steal, nearly a three. Uh, very efficient shooting, 86 point. 4% from the free throw line on massive, massive volume and uh, shooting 54.3% from the field, again, on massive, massive volume. Of that line that he put up today, the actual biggest contribution that he had was the blocks. Um, you look at the 59 points and you go, wow, that's that's enormous. But the blocks were huge. The field goal percentage was also absolutely enormous. So those two things were the biggest contributions. Then it was the points and free throw percentage, assists, rebounds, and then obviously uh, a steal and a three. So he contributed across the board. Yeah, he had five turnovers, but who cares? Uh, when you have an enormous line like that, like it's just absolutely crazy. He is now cooking as the... On the season, where is he at? He's the 12th ranked player on the season. If you look at his stats, however, it's pretty much bang on where I thought it would be. 32 points per game, 0.93s, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 0.6 steals, 1.8 blocks, 53.7 from the field, 83.1 from the line. Um, There's just a few other guys that are outperforming what we expected so far this season. So I have no trouble saying that he's going to be a top 10, top 8, top 5 fantasy player this season, Um, depending on how many of those guys fall back, which I expect they will. He was maybe a little bit of a concern earlier this season. Having James Harden out at the moment definitely is boosting his numbers and he's taking full advantage of that. Um, But I still think that he is going to settle in and be uh, an absolute lock for a, a first round player this week. And uh, I think I had him. I think I had him third or fourth in my rankings, just because the value of that that amount of uh, fantasy profile coming from a center eligible player, which we know this season was very difficult to come by, uh, is just even more elevated in my opinion. And uh, yeah, not to say I expected lines like this because this was, yeah, this was uh, very very sweet uh, to to quote the uh, the award. Let's move to the complete other end of the spectrum. For the other not so good award, the Fantasy Loser Award for the week. La, 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 loser. Yes, the uh, the la 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 loser goes to Anthony Edwards. Uh, just not a good week. He was in the buy low show earlier last week. Um, this was before several other disappointing performances. Sometimes when I put up a buy low, sell high show, I always just expect that the day after that they're going to come out and just um, do the complete opposite to what I said that they have or were doing. Um, so I guess in a way, it's kind of like nice that the buy low still is effects. Not for those who have them on their fantasy rosters, but maybe if you were trying to buy low, the window is definitely still there. In fact, it's probably a bit more wide open than it was when I put out that video. But uh, yeah, on the week, he's the 220th ranked player, averaging 16 points. (coughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, averaging 16.3 points, one three, uh, six rebounds, three and a half assists, less than a steal, 0.3 blocks, uh, field goal percentage 43.6%. Free throw percentage, 68.4%. And he's turning the ball over nearly three times. Um, so, 
Definitely not something you want from the player that you likely took in the second round to be on the season ranked outside the top 130 and last week outside the top 200. Uh, He's very much disappointing people uh, who drafted him early. I fear that he's not going to be someone that returns that top 20 value, that top 24 value that we were hoping. Um, I still think that he can at least get to what he did last season. I don't see any reason as to why he shouldn't. I mean, yes, there is the complication of Rudy Gobert being now in the lineup, uh, potentially clogging the paint or, or... you know, there seems to be something going on with this Minnesota team and, and Anthony Edwards' attitude seems to be a little bit off. He seems passive, passive-aggressive, you might even say. Um, some of his comments have been a bit um, not the best. So th- th- maybe there's something a bit more to this than just the fact that he's in a bit of a funk. Um, that Yeah, the, the alarming thing to me is the lack of aggression. Uh, we, we do sometimes see this with players adjusting to new teammates, new fits in, in uh, whether there's been a big trade in the offseason. So I'm hoping that this is just what it is. And, and I do expect that that's more the case. I'm not super alarmed, but again, I probably am starting to readjust my expectations and maybe he's not a top 30, top 25 guy, but I still think that he could get at least to where he was last season. And uh, last season he was, let me just double check, he was the 43rd ranked player in his second year in the NBA in 34 minutes. He's playing an extra two minutes per night. Um, before these last week, he was probably averaging better numbers across the board outside of the free throw percentage, which is the big thing that's dragging his value down. Uh, this last week was really bad, and it's dragged his averages below a lot of what other things he was averaging last year. But I really do still think very confidently that he's going to be a top 40 player, um, probably a top 35 closer to 30 kind of a guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to be getting that top 20 value that you might have drafted him at. Um, just the percentages in particular seem to be dragging his value back. In the uh, preseason guide, uh, we sort of talked about optimistically hoping that that could tick over 80%. Well, in fact, it's gone the complete other direction and uh, it's gone back down to the 60s. So that's dragging his value down a lot. And um, no matter how good his other category numbers are. Uh, he's not someone that gives you eight or nine assists or, or, or gives you more than a, a, a block or a block and a half per game to really offset those numbers. Um, so he would need to be averaging 33 points per game to really offset that. And that's just not going to happen. So um, that percentage in the free throw category, especially really needs to be the one that moves um, to catapult his value up to where we expected it to be. So Yep, I, I think if you have him on your team, you just hold tight and, and hope things get better. I do think that they will. Don't trade him now. If you don't have him and you want to acquire him, try and throw out a buy low uh, player. But like I said, don't be buying low with someone in the 30s or 40s because he might you know, he might be that kind of a player. So go for someone who's like a top 60 kind of a guy. Um, and, and, and take into account the free throw percentage because, you know, it might not actually improve all that much. He wasn't a guy, he was only averaging 78%, 77% in the previous two seasons. So he's not a huge boost. He's, he's actually been a slight negative in that category for the last two seasons. Um, he's a much bigger negative this season. So it's not as though he's like a, 
a guy who was averaging 85% and all of a sudden it's doing this, so it's obvious that it's going to correct. Um, you know, he might just not be the best free throw shooter, and this is sort of a uh, smaller sample size uh, range of that. So I would still be buying low on him, but just be sure to know where his value will end up. So, uh, and the final award, and hopefully I don't get a, uh, a copyright strike again on this one. I'll see if I can play a shorter version of the, uh, of the intro, but let's see how we go. The uh, award for the future Dynasty star goes to Alexei Pokishevsky. So Alexei Pokishevsky has been someone that if you listen to the podcast um, for a little while, back in, I think it was our first season we were covering his rookie year, I was very excited about this guy. I thought his upside was very, very high, especially from a fantasy point of view. He's someone that just contributes across the board. And if everything came to fruition, he would be a dynasty and a fantasy superstar. He had that sort of a potential. Um, I've definitely lost hope a fair amount just seeing the on-court product not necessarily improve these last couple of seasons. Um, but he's still exceptionally, exceptionally young. He is still only... He's less than 21 years old. He's younger than 21. He'll be turning 21 very soon. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but he is someone that is... Yeah, it, it, this last week, he's been the 25th ranked player. The last two weeks, he's been the 21st ranked player in five games. His minutes are maddeningly <laughs> inconsistent. Uh, last game, played 18 minutes. The game before that, 22 and a half minutes. Game before that, 39 minutes. Uh, and that stretches back to the start of the season. I always was saying that the front court in OKC was going to com- be completely all over the place, but Poku has definitely stepped himself up and is now absolutely a must-roster player. He is rostered in most leagues, although but according to uh, Basketball Monsters' advanced ownership, he's 98% owned in... Um, in, I guess, uh, advanced leagues or competitive leagues. So there is still some leagues where he is out there, and I would absolutely make sure, just double-check that he is not on your waiver wire because he is definitely someone who should be rostered despite the minutes fluctuating. He is still putting up good value. Uh, on the last week, he's put up 14 points, 2.33s, 5.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists, a steal, 2.3 blocks, and would you believe it, the field goal percentage is up at 58.6%. So... There's obviously a lot of room for that to progress. He's never been someone that shot his best season has been 40.8%. Perhaps that is going to improve to the mid-40s, so that is definitely a real possibility, but it's, I don't believe it's going to be above 50%. And that is, um, outside of his blocks, a big uh, contributor to why he's ranking so high at the moment. So I would expect that to fall back, which will affect his points and threes. Um, but especially uh, the blocks are encouraging. Um, the fact that he is just playing a lot better is very encouraging to at least secure and maintain those minutes. Um he, he's looking really nice out there, and and perhaps maybe I was too quick to move on from Poku, but he is someone that always presented with a really, really high upside. Um, people were getting very excited uh, about him, so it, it's, it kind of superseded my expectations for Poku these last two seasons, um, so I've kind of been shying away and playing the anti-Poku game, uh, but maybe maybe the hype was, was warranted. It's hard to say, and it's also hard to say from a dynasty perspective where he fits in with a player like Chet to come back into the mix. Obviously, the Thunder have a million, million picks on their um, roster, so... Um, 
we don't really know what the future makeup of this team is going to be like. I have my doubts that Poku and a Chet lineup will really work long-term in the NBA. Um, so it's hard. It's, he's one of the most difficult players for me to place a value on. I know that there is a lot of hype around Poku, so potentially you could use this as a bit of a sell-high window, especially if you are of the opinion that he and Chet can't coexist together because I think Chet will always be the guy that gets the... He'll get the... Uh, um, they're obviously going to prioritize his minutes. He was the number two pick. They would have taken him number one. Um, he is someone that I think has a much higher real-life NBA ceiling. He also probably has a much higher fantasy ceiling as well. So I think they're going to prioritize his minutes and I think that, that will come at the cost of Poku's minutes. They might play some minutes together, but I think it will ultimately hurt his production when Chet is back into the lineup. So from a dynasty perspective, he has the potential. He has the potential to be a fantasy star. He absolutely does. I just think there has to be a lot of things that go right. They have to draft um, players that don't fill his position and do what he does. And obviously that front court is where they are lacking a lot of talent. They've already got Giddy. They've already got Shea. Um, they've got Trey Mann. They've got Jalen Williams, who all look like good rotation pieces in their backcourt. But their front court is probably where they still have a lot of lack of talent, lack of depth. So they're probably going to be, if they're tossing up between the two few different players in the draft, looking at that front court, and it's just going to continue to get more crowded, in my opinion, where it's already very crowded. You can see that in the minutes fluctuating all over the place. So I would potentially, in my opinion, use this as a sell high. If you can get a, uh, a more assured piece or a more assured dynasty asset, I probably would do so. Um, again, depending on where you are in your league, uh, I think this might be a bit of a sell high. Experiment and explore your options because his value can change very wildly from league to league and how people view him. Um, so it, it is hard to say what you could get back for a, for a uh, uh, someone like a Poku. I would still be aiming pretty high, though, because uh, there is undoubtedly some upside in his stat set, but I do think that it will fall off from this, especially when Chet Holmgren is back. But for redraft leagues, absolutely a must-roster player. Um, yeah, would well, in all leagues, I would say he is a must-roster player. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next topic. All right, so the next topic here, we're looking at some, well, we're looking at some hot topics, some uh, breaking news in the NBA. There's not a whole lot of breaking news coming down this week. We're looking at a couple of key guys coming back from injuries, suspensions. Um, that is Kawhi and Kyrie. It is looking like both of them, uh, we panicked a lot. There is a some rumors or some little um, breadcrumbs out there that suggest that Kawhi might be getting closer to a return maybe in the next two weeks or so. Uh, next week, maybe by the end of the weekend, uh, in, in the end of week five, could potentially see Kawhi come back. He obviously will be very limited on a very heavy restriction minutes and back-to-backs. Um, so don't get your hopes up too much, but it is comforting to know that there is a positive movement forward for Kawhi and um, you know our greatest fear was the fact that he might just not play again this season it was it was a small fear but with Kawhi you never you never know um, 
I still maintain he's going to be very frustrating to own this season, uh, and we probably were drafting him too high. But uh, it is a good time for us to look. If you've been selling or trying to get rid of Kawhi, I would I would tell you to pump the brakes and just wait for a little bit more concrete news, um, and definitely don't sell him for someone. Really, really cheap. No, I wouldn't be selling him for someone outside the top seventy, top sixty, really, um, unless they like were the perfect player that fits your build, and you desperately needed to make some wins right now. Um, because otherwise, I just don't think you're getting the value back for what Kawhi brings. Um, so that's that's good and positive news. Nothing concrete. Yes, it's it's all just kind of rumors and breadcrumbs that I've been seeing online and on Twitter, um, connecting the dots together. So. Look, it could be completely all smoke and, and no fire, but uh, at least I'm seeing some at least some positive momentum for Kawhi's return. And I, I don't at this stage think he's going to be out for months and months and months. It, it it does seem like it will be at least within November. I think that he will return, which is a good news. But again, you have to deal with the management after that. And Kyrie Irving, um, his suspension was I think up yesterday was the five games, so on the Sunday. So I think that. He He's probably going to be spending some more time suspended. I think uh, I saw somewhere that it's going to be at least another three games. So, again, pretty much out for the rest of this week. But then after that, he is looking like he might be returning for week number six in our fantasy uh, basketball league. So, um, continue to hang tight. I'm more confident with his return to the team and his availability when he is back than I am for Kawhi. So, I wouldn't be selling Kyrie off. Uh, For anyone pretty much outside the top, uh, 30, uh, I would say at this stage, because you've already endured the, the pain of him being out a week. Hopefully it's just at a maximum one more week after this, and then you should have uh, your second round pick back in your fantasy lineups, and I know that I have him in a couple of leagues as well. So um, uh, for my fantasy team's sake, I am looking forward to that. Um, but again, things can obviously change with Kyrie Irving, so um, you know, Something might be different by the time this podcast comes out. Who knows? But at the time of recording, it looks like he might be suspended for another three games and then back after that, assuming all goes well with the... uh the, the tasks and the criteria that the team has outlined for him to do uh, to return back to the team. All right, let's go through some must-add players. Now, Alexei Pokashevsky, we mentioned him in the Future Dynasty Star Award, so he is a must-add player. So absolutely go and pick him up. Ride the bumps. The minutes are going to be all over the place, but I think you have to have him on your team. Um... Two Spurs. I think I must add players for this week and this week only, and then you can reassess the end of the week. The Spurs play five games this week, and all five of them are on lower volume days. So Charles Bassey, who, by the way, was our Future Dynasty Star Award winner of last week after he'd only played one quarter of basketball. Uh, just a shout-out to this podcast. If you were listening to that that episode, you were on to Charles Bassey before 99% of the rest of the fantasy basketball community. Um, I did not think that he would be approaching standard league value this quickly. Uh, I thought that he might spend a bit more time in the G League and maybe not be getting as heavy minutes and not as shining as bright as he has so far. But uh, here we are. He's a guy that I have in a couple of dynasty leagues, so I am very, very happy to see this. Um, So Charles Bassey, absolutely someone. In less than 20 minutes, he's been sort of a top, 50 top 60 player this season so absolutely someone you can grab it won't be this good but with five games this week you're going to get some really good value and I think that Jeremy Sohan is a must add player as well he's more readily available in leagues because he doesn't put up the big eye-popping stats but the fact that he has 
playing close to 30 minutes a night at the moment, or at least the last few games he has. He's got so much opportunity this week. You know, five games at 30 minutes a night. Quick math is 150 minutes in this week for you to put up some fantasy stats. He can give you steals, blocks. He might be able to give you some decent rebounds. He might get you a three per game. He might also get you, uh, you know, a couple, two to three assists per game as well. Uh, the percentages aren't going to kill you either. So I think that he is just going to, through sheer volume and sheer opportunity, be someone that you should absolutely grab this seat this week and sort of see how he goes from there and you can reassess. He is someone that, again, a rookie playing decent minutes to start the season is uh, he has some upside there and you might not be quick to drop him next week because this might be the start of him getting some uh, some good playing time and some good production moving forward. And then the last player here, I think that Killian Hayes, again, another short term, Killian Hayes is a must roster player. It might not be for your team, like perhaps you're punting assists or, or you've got really lots of steals, but he's going to be an excellent assist and steals stream for this week with Cade Cunningham out, missing basically the entire week. He's put up really good numbers so far in two starts, playing over 30 minutes in both of those starts. And even before that, he was starting to get going as well. Um, the percentages will absolutely be rough. Um, so be aware of that. Field goal percentage might be below 40%. So be ready to take a hit there. Or again, if you're punting the field goal percentage, he is even more of a must-add player. But I think that someone in your league should have the use for Killian Hayes. So he is, to me, a must-add player. Talking about some maybe ads. So this is probably the last segment we'll do here, guys. We'll talk about some uh, hold and folds later in the week when we go through that as a podcast. But maybe add players... Tari Eason, I think, is someone you can definitely have a look at. He is obviously a stash at this point, but he is trending in the right direction. I've added him in a couple of leagues. I think I've got him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. I added him when we had those really busy games at the start of this week just because I wanted to see what was going on and if anything happened that forced him into bigger time. Um, then at least he was on my roster. Uh, nothing like that happened, but he is. He put up, I think, eight steals over two games, uh, and he's just continuing to show the absurd fantasy upside, which we knew he had. Um, but it's it, it's becoming very obvious the struggles of Jabari Smith um, and the injury to Jay Sean Tate, who apparently is going to be out quite a while. Um, he's not close to returning. He's giving him at least a little bit more opportunity. Perhaps you're going to see more Eric Gordon restings as well. So I think that Tari said if you have the ability to stash him, he's probably one of the better stashes out there. Um, it is very team dependent though. If you need production and something you can rely on, then Tari Eason might not be the one you, you, you stash. You're probably better off streaming that position, but I think that he is someone you can look at adding. Uh, if Santi Aldama has been dropped in your league, I think he is worth an add in some circumstances. The upside is not particularly high, but I've held him in all of my leagues where I've drafted him so far. He's just solid. Um, he's got the opportunity there. There's going to be up and down nights, but his last game was really, really nice. He's going to give you um, good production from the blocks, rebounds, threes. It's not going to really hurt you anywhere in particular. He's not super exciting, but I think he is someone that still is providing 12-team production. So if you just need someone to sort of give you some good volume, um, I think that uh, Santiago Dama is someone that you could add. Patrick Williams maybe is an add. He's getting He's playing better as of late. I still have my doubts about his overall level of upside from a fantasy sense, but he does seem to have that starting job back locked in. Um, he's a young player. He's been providing some defensive stats recently. Um, 
Zach Levine and his restings are still a bit all over the shop, but I think that he is someone that you could do worse on. Um, Grant Williams is the other guy here on this list. He's been on this list, I think, the last three weeks in the maybe ads. He's just continuing to get some decent numbers. I am encouraged by the minutes the last couple of weeks, the last couple of games, I should say, and the higher rebound numbers. I think one of them came without Al Horford, so keep that in mind. But he's just doing enough at the moment. Again, not super exciting, Better suited to a roto format or, you know, especially if you are looking after your turnovers. Um, I don't expect that the the numbers stay this high, but he's continuing to do it. So I think that he is someone that could be on fantasy rosters, uh, especially in certain punt builds. Uh, but again, not super high upside in my opinion. And then Andrew Nemhard is someone that I think that could be added. Uh, he is someone that I'm very surprised to see him getting the minutes that he's getting so far in his NBA career. Second round draft pick. Um, could he potentially be the Herb Jones of this year? Uh, I wouldn't go as far to say that, that uh, to say that, but in the last week, he's the top 120 player. He's putting up 10 points, two threes, three rebounds, four assists, 1.3 steals, and on great percentages. He's not getting to line uh, basically at all, but um, those have those are useful numbers. You know, four plus assists, 1.3 steals, um, two threes per game on efficient shooting. That's very, very useful. That's like Ayo Sumnu kind of numbers right there. So, uh, And he's playing 28 minutes per night over his last three games. So definitely someone that if you need that, um, you know, that ability to get maybe some assists and steals and do it efficiently, I'm skeptical whether he keeps these minutes up, but um, he has been doing pretty well with them. So I think that he could be an ad in 12-team leagues. In a 14-team league, I'd absolutely be adding him. Um, and anything uh, deeper than that, he absolutely should be on every roster. But um, I think in 12s, you can definitely have a look at it because those assists are very, very hard to find. Um, outside of maybe Killian Hayes, who might be a better streamer, but um, maybe Nemhard has a bit more of a chance at longer-term value, although I, I remain a little bit skeptical. But I could be wrong. And he could maintain this. He has been doing this for at least yeah four games now. He's been playing pretty much over 27 minutes per night. So uh, he is definitely someone you could have a look at. So that will do it today, guys. We're not going to go through any sort of drops today because we will go through the hold and folds later in the week. So make sure if you guys are listening over on YouTube, make sure you drop down a comment down below. Let us know if you had Joel Embiid in your team and he saved your week. Um, and let us know how you're doing so far through a month of fantasy basketball action. Uh, make sure you give the big video a thumbs up. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. would appreciate it and love you guys forever. And until next time, I'll see you later. Bye.